Hello, 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 and welcome. Welcome to episode two of the Coaching Life podcast. With me today is my very dear friend, Karen Davis. Um, Karen and I met at a Prosperous Coach Intensive a little over three years ago and also went through Steve Chandler's Advanced Client Systems School together, which I think was in 2014. So Karen, and you've done it, I know you've done it at least once since then, maybe twice, maybe more. So Karen, um, after spending 25 years in leadership roles in business-to-business technology and services, has been actually been coaching, consulting, and facilitating leadership workshops for both individuals, small businesses, and Fortune 100 companies since 2008. And um, in whatever circles I mix um, in the in in the coaching profession, people who know of Karen do describe her as as, as a powerhouse. Actually, I was fortunate during our time together doing. Steve's ACS to experience Karen's coaching firsthand, and I um, can certainly vouch for that she is an absolute powerhouse as a coach and a powerhouse of love. Um, she's one of my favourite people in this profession. So, thank you, Karen, and welcome to um, the Coaching Life podcast. Ah, oh, thank you, Phil. What a wonderful introduction. I so appreciate that. Thank you. So, could you tell us? 25 years in, in services before then starting moving into coaching in 2008. Can you tell us a little bit about that and perhaps that, that transition and your move into coaching? Yeah, yeah. So I, I actually had only two jobs out of college. I worked for a software company for 10 years and we went, we were very entrepreneurial in the beginning. I was the 13th employee hired, went through an acquisition where we became 6,000 employees, and then became a publicly held company. And so after 10 years, I um, knew it was time to move on. They offered me a vice president job in Indianapolis, and that would mean that I would have to leave Colorado, my home, and um, just couldn't couldn't bear to do it, and my daughter, um, I was actually pregnant with my daughter at the time. She's now 19, and one of one of the very best decisions I ever made, took a year off with my kids, and I'd never taken a year off before. Um, I'd been working since I was 10 years old for a family business first, and then all the way through college, and so after that, um, I worked for an advertising agency for eight years, somewhat similar, where I came in, it was a small organization, about 25 people, moved into leadership, and we became um, acquired by a publicly held company after eight years. And I knew at that point, 18 years in, that it was time for me to transition out and into something uh, where I could be writing my own future and, and really making an impact in the world. I, um, in fact, in 2005, 
just before the acquisition in 2006, I was standing graveside at my mother's funeral. And my mother and I were very close. And I will never forget that day, May the 3rd, mm. at 1.13 in the afternoon. I was standing there, and I could just hear her saying to me, when are you going to do something about this? And the this that she was talking about was me, very much like many of the clients that I coach now, who are on this treadmill where they feel like they can't get off. And they're working these long hours. There is, they've lost their purpose, their meaning for what it is and why they're here. And, and there were just so many different things that were going on in my life at that point in time. Uh, I was just in the process of being do- diagnosed with bradycardia, and they were telling me that I needed a pacemaker. And my intuition was saying, no, it's the stress that you're under. That, And, of course, that stress was being created by me hmm. internally, being out of alignment with my life path. And so uh, I made a vow to my mother on that day that within two years, by April of 2007, all these different things that were in my life that were allowing me to create stress internally, uh, I was going to stop ignoring and start taking action. And so fast forward to July of 2006, I walk in, it's the day of the acquisition, and I had no idea. I thought that I was staying and there was a conversation with the CEO and in that moment, I knew that this was the point. This was it. This was the jumping off point. And I just intuitively knew and I felt like I was being pulled in that moment. And I just said, you know what? I think I'm out. She was like, what? I'm like, yeah. I re- this is it. This is it. I'm out. And I, I left and I, I remember that week. I sat here in my home office right where I'm sitting today and I kept thinking to myself what have I done and I think I lost like eight or ten pounds that week I don't even know what happened that week I was just like what did I just do and um, within a week uh, this woman who had consulted with us back in 2004 2005 that I greatly admired asked me she said she had heard that I'd left because I wasn't calling anyone. I was just sitting here stunned at what I had done and said, you know, can you, are, are you, you open to consulting? And I was like, yes, absolutely. And truly felt the rest is history. I started consulting with her and then I had another client and another client and people, the phone was ringing and people were hearing that I wasn't there any longer and, and it was, it was as if everything was just being unfolded. I would go out into the world, I would talk to people, and they'd say, hey, you know, I may be able to use your services. And I would just say yes, and then I'd come back to my desk and I would think, okay, how am I going to do this? It was the typical consultant, right, where you say yes and then you come back and figure it out. 
And uh, so 2006, 2007, I was doing sales and marketing consulting. And then in 2008, I was volunteering for the Emergency Food and Family Assistance Program. Actually, I think it was late 2007. And did some great work with them. And one of the board members asked me if I had ever coached. And I said no. However, I knew with absolute certainty that I could coach because I'd managed 27 people at one point. And I love people. Love people. And so she introduced me to the CEO of a company here locally. And I ended up coaching their high potentials inside that organization for the next four years. And my coaching career basically took off from there. I instantly realized that I loved coaching. I was, I was acquiring every book on coaching possible. Uh, I was just learning everything about coaching that I, that I could. And that was a certain my um, just loving it, absolutely loving it, and, and seeing the distinction between coaching and consulting and, and really, truly inside of me feeling the power of coaching versus consulting in the way that I do it and, and seeing uh, how my clients were able to grow and for them to make a greater impact. And so that's a long-winded answer. <laughs> <It's> beautiful. <laughs> to, to your question. Well, what it reminds me of, because it, it, I've no, I've no doubt what your answer to this is. Whether, you, whether it feels like you were supported once you had chosen. Does yeah. It, did, yeah. Looking back on it, yeah. it reminds me that was it. Uh, there's some quote. Um, it says something. You've probably heard it, and I'll add it to 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 the notes of this. It's something along the lines of "Until one is committed, there's hesitancy, the chance to draw back." And then it talks about, um, you know, essentially once you're committed, when you commit yourself, providence moves too, and all sorts of things occur to help you that would never otherwise have occurred. Yeah. Yes. yes, and I and I see this. That that is absolutely true, absolutely true. When Joseph Campbell talked about the um, um, the journey, the um, you know, what I'm talking about the yeah, the hero's journey. Yeah, hero's journey. Yes. When he talked about the hero's journey, if you go and I can send you a graphic to look at that as well and send, share that yeah, yeah. with the, our listeners. Sure. Um, I was on my hero's journey the whole way. You could just pretty much pinpoint um, as I'm moving around the, the hero's journey. And I see that with my clients mm. today. The moment that they step onto their path and they become in alignment with their heart, with their soul, with their, uh, with their passions, with you know, every area of their life is the moment that providence opens, that everything begins to unfold. Not to say that, that there aren't some rough patches, but those patches are typically for our growth. 
And so it's really fun for me. Here's an example. Um, whenever I finish with one of my clients, so I recently finished with a client we'd been coaching together for a year and a half. And we were able, so what I do at the very last session, it's a two-hour session, and I, I let them know about a month ahead of time that I want them to go back through, start from the very beginning, look back at their journal, look back at their notes, and look at every insight and everything that occurred along the path during our coaching time together. And then I do the same. And I, and I organize and I set everything up the same so that I can look at what their insights were, look at the big milestones, those milestone moments that occurred during the coaching, whether they were good or bad. And when we look at that in hindsight, it is absolutely amazing where we can trace it. If this hadn't happened, then this would not have happened. Even though we thought that was bad, look, this great thing came out of it, right? Oh, and wonderful. And then we can go to the next and, and then the next. And it is, you get chilled when you look back and you see the growth and you see what has occurred uh, in, the, in the time, in the time together. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, and, and um, I had a conversation a few months ago, actually, with, with a, 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 somebody we both know pretty well, I would guess, Christina Berkeley, who um, was, was yeah. talking about a similar kind of thing, where she just noted down literally every step of, of what was happening, and it was so beautiful then to see, looking back, enjoying the dots. I don't know if you're familiar right. with Steve Jobs' Stanford address where he talks yeah. about joining the dots looking backwards. And, of course, yeah. so often we're trying to join them looking forwards and it simply never works out that way. Right. I love that. You know, and another, so I'm thinking, oh, I'm so going to use that. I'm so going to use that already. Um, there was something you, when, when we peer coached, when we were in Steve's school, um, yeah. one thing that, you know, I'd had, quite a bit of coaching up to them but there was something very different that you did which was laying some agreements out on the table right up front and talking about things that perhaps often go unspoken right at the start of the conversation particularly around you know offering this safe sacred space um, mutual confidentiality that kind yeah. of stuff yes so. yes and so I I learned about Agreements versus expectations from Steve Chandler, and then I coached with Rich Litvin. Yeah. And what what I love about being coached, and, and Steve Chandler is my coach now. What I love about being coached is you have this opportunity to be able to see, wow, you know that was really awesome what they did, and then you also have this opportunity to go, oh no, I wouldn't do it that way. Right, so by being coached, you have this incredible space to create who you are and what resonates for you as a coach. And what Rich did with me was we spent an entire hour just going over our agreements together uh, in, before we started. Um, it was actually in our first session. So our first session was two hours, and the first hour was going through all these very explicit agreements and essentially saying yes, 
saying no or renegotiating. And I just loved it. And I thought, wow, I'm going to bring a variation of this into coaching with my clients. And I'm also going to bring a small variation of this into every conversation that I have with another individual where we are in a coaching conversation because it's so important to create that container of trust with them. And so that's what I started doing. And what I noticed in my practice when I started doing that was my clients, they started showing up on time. They started, um, when they agreed, when we co-created something between sessions and they agreed to it, they did it or they renegotiated in between sessions. Uh, they started telling me what was going on for them that, hey, Karen, I just need to tell you, I hear what you're saying and I have this voice in my head that's saying this right now. Awesome. Let's put that out on the table, right? Uh, I, I could go on all day long about the power of creating yeah. agreement. Yeah, and I think it and it it's something I know I've personally I've overlooked at times um, because there's 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 well there's clearly so many different ways of coaching and so many people teaching coaching and there's certainly a one one train of thought that just suggests just conversing like hey what's up kind of thing and. I guess I've I have moved more in that more in that direction, but still there are there's probably only two or three things actually on my list of agreements now that I I still always want to put on the table up front. So and you touched on it there. It's it's really about experimenting and doing what feels right for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Steve Chandler has a distinction between the social self and the professional self. Mm. And uh, and so I always, my, my preference is to be very clear because I have a big social self and I have a tendency to allow that to, um, you know, that I, I think that's my tendency. And that really gets to be very blurry uh, for me. And so my lean right now is more showing up as the, as the pro, the professional, and to be very clear that we're not just chatting, we're in a conversation. And perhaps I'll, I'll, I'll find that beautiful space in the future between the professional social and be able to just move right into it. But for now, I, I think being very clear um, and direct. Yeah, I love I love the awareness of that too. I mean, there was a there was a moment, and, and you, you reminded me of it earlier actually. In, in um, when we were talking, and it became very clear that you had chosen this path. Chosen, yeah. okay, now I'm on this path, and I won't mention the name, but um, you might remember something I had going on doing ACS, and um, you know, let's let's call her Susan. Right, uh, that's not her name, but there was like a, a Susan moment that I had um, where it was Carol and Freya Jones actually who coached me in the room and I just I just realised that I hadn't chosen yet to be a professional coach 
Yes. And in that moment, it just changed internally. Yes, yes. It's, um, yeah, and I, I'm big, I'm big, big on that, in that, in addition, choosing that you're going pro uh, also means that you're now an entrepreneur, whether it be a solo entrepreneur, whether it be an entrepreneur that has support staff, that you are running a business and that you need to invest in your business. And part of investing in your business is investing in yourself and hiring your coach and, and attending ACS, you know, building a community that you can connect with because it can be very lonely if you're, you know, sitting in your office or you're, in my case, I have a coaching studio and I have an office, I coach by phone and at my studio, but it's important to have uh, a community. And uh, so I think that's part of going pro as well. Mm. See, so you spoke, you know, about clearly you were being supported with these opportunities showing up um, earlier on. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us a little bit more how clients have found you, how you've found clients, created clients, how, how is that, <laughs> okay, I was going to say how has that generally worked for you, I'm sure there isn't a general way, but can, can, you, tell us, can you tell us how that's worked for you? Okay, yeah, so um, most of my clients come through referral. Now, in the very beginning, it was me being out in the world, me being in conversation with people. And remember, I love people, so it was really just about connecting with people, calling them up and saying, hey, how are you doing? What's going on? How, how's your day? Um, and not about coaching, just connecting hmm. with people. Um, I also, since 1998, have volunteered for an association that I belong to. And I run their chief marketing officer dinner for the last five years. And so any kind of volunteer work will get you out. You know, how I ended up in coaching, I was volunteering for the emergency food and family assistance program. Uh, it's reinventing yourself weekend. Uh, Steve had his first reinventing yourself weekend two years ago. I was sitting in the room at in ACS, and I thought, oh, my God, this would be phenomenal for my clients and people that are considering having me as their coach. They'll be able to hear what this is all about, and I'll be there with them. And so that year, I, I think I brought like half the room to that event. <laughs> I was one of those and people. It was, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And then that led to Steve saying, hey, Karen, will you host? next year and I was like yes so now I'm a business partner with Steve and with Alex Mill my life partner in running reinvent yourself weekend and it's just phenomenal it's a phenomenal forum for coaches to be able to bring their clients and to be in the room with Steve Chandler Alex Mill myself presenting and talking about all the um, you know all the all the coaching disciplines and and 
all the different distinctions and distinctions of the voices and that Alex talks about and all the things about what what Steve talks about. I mean, and it's a very, we, we create a very intimate setting where we have coaching circles and uh, people can right there during that weekend be mm-hmm. reinventing and coaches can bring their clients. They can be reinventing and reinventing with their clients. And so um, that's been a phenomenal forum for client creation for me as well. Uh, but, you know, the other thing is it's it's mostly referral these days and me being out in the world. The, the more that I am out in the world and in conversation uh, is the, the more full my calendar is and the more full my client schedule is. Yeah, so... I'm going to ask, I've been asking pretty much everybody this, 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 this same question. Um, and and I, I notice, I know that the for perhaps for newer coaches out there, um, hearing, oh, they come from referrals is not necessarily what you want to hear. But it is, as Steve talks about this all the time, that stay on the path, it is a long game. And, you know, I'm personally finding that I'm getting more and more referrals people coming to me even years later we might have met at an event yeah i had one one client um last year who who had who i'd met like two years previous at a at an event by you know simply yeah. being in the room um truth be told he doesn't know this actually but i don't actually remember conversing with him at the event oops maybe i shouldn't have said that but you know it's <laughs> it's like busted. but uh, <laughs> he remembered me because of simply how i was yeah. showing up how i was showing up in the room that's right um, so I want to ask you what happens when somebody arrives as a referral, but I'm, I'm guessing there's a similar uh, a, a similar kind of moment. So when you say show up, what's what is it that's driving you that, that that's that's connecting you with people? It's you know, so I'm trained as an ontological coach. So onto is a metaphysical study of beingness. And my ontological coach that I trained with for a year, Molly, she said to me, Karen, it's who you are being in the world. Go out and be in the world. And I knew exactly what she meant. And that is, go out and serve. Go out, walk your talk. Go out and, and be in the world. Be who your clients want to be because they will be attracted to that and it will serve me and it will serve them and so for me being aware observing myself so having like this outside observer that is always watching who am I being Am I being the best version, the highest version of myself? Am I being who, the person that I'm coaching my clients to be? Am, am I being in alignment? And so that's what I'm talking about when I say, you know, go, go out into the world. But it's also important, like, here in my home, that I'm walking my talk, that I'm being the person that I, that I desire to be. Mm-hmm. And um, 
And you know that my life partner, Alex Mill, spent 14 years in a Zen Buddhist monastery. And so initially, when he moved to Colorado to be with me, it was there was a there was some um, work that we had to do <laughs> to <laughs> be able to be in relationship. He hadn't been in a relationship for 15 years, and and uh, and the growth that has occurred for both of us. Right? There's always a middle way, and the growth in the last couple of years for me by being in this incredible relationship with Alex and has been amazing. So that's why, that's why I say it's, it's not about when I leave and walk out the door way of being. It's all day long, 24-7 way of being, how I relate to my children, how I relate to my former husband, how I relate to Alex, how I relate to my clients, how I relate to my coach. Uh, and am, am I... Am I serving? Am I serving with this open heart? And and what I'm noticing, um, I think you're describing very much the same thing that I know other coaches would describe, perhaps in a different way. Some coaches might describe this as a as a, a groundedness and, and and your grounding. And I I shy away actually from. Um, it's not always helpful in my in my experience. Of course, it depends who you're talking to. But what I found is with the question, well, who do I who do I be? Who I need to be? There can be a tendency then that the focus becomes upon ourselves, rather than how can we be of service or of help, or actually how can we love other people? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, love ourselves first. Yeah, yeah. And what I would say. Yeah, yeah. Of course. So being aware of that tendency to get stuck, not everybody does, but a lot of people get stuck in that, oh, who do I, who, who do I need to be, rather than allowing this, who you, who you naturally are, out into the world. Um, and I'll often suggest, well, if you go and allow yourself to be guided by your curiosity of other people you will you will come across opportunities to help through through they'll be uncovered opportunities to help others serve others love others will be uncovered by your curiosity if it's a genuine curiosity about them that's right mm-hmm. that's right and to be of service yes and always keeping that at the forefront of your mind um I'd said something earlier about loving yourself first, mm. and here, here's, here's my growth um, that I can share with you, is that when I learned how to deeply, deeply love myself first and, and love all that I am, that then created, creates this light that just radiates. And so when I am loving myself first, my light begins to shine. And then others are attracted to me, and then I can be of service to them. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. There's a, there's a, there's a just, and when you said love, that's exactly it, is this, because love vibrates at a higher energetic 
level. And that you, you, you see people, you can see it on their face, you can feel it in their energy when they are down that ladder of consciousness that Steve talks about. So, you know, if they're angry or fearful or in resentment, uh, their energy level is vibrating at a very low level. You do not want to be in their presence. And so by loving yourself, loving, like waking up, and and this morning, we ha- every morning we have deck, a breakfast out on my beautiful deck out in the backside, and and um, it's I'm looking around, I'm looking at the fall colors, I'm just in the moment, really present to the moment, mm-hmm. and and feeling love, feeling love in my heart, and and just deeply, deeply having that self compassion for all that I am. Oh, beautiful, I love that. That's that's. To me, that is, I, I, I'm totally with you, that's where to start. That's where to start, and, and then go and be that out in yeah. the world. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, beautiful. So let's go back a little bit to, I was going to say practicalities, I mean, actually, that it's it's all based in that, and in, in, in just what we've been talking about, but talk about perhaps a nitty-gritty into practicalities. What does your practice look like now how has how has how has that developed since you know 2008 and um who are you coaching now okay so in in 2008 i was charging hourly i moved from the world of consulting i was charging 200 an hour and then i just moved into coaching charging 200 an hour and then I also, during that time, founded uh, another company with a business partner that focused in on employee engagement. And so I was doing 50% that business and actually 70% that business, 30% coaching between 2008 and 2012. And uh, it, what I noticed in that we were working with big companies. So we were working with Pfizer and HP and Cisco and uh, many large organizations, especially 2008, because that was the downturn. And those were the companies that had money to spend on employee engagement. And I, um, what I loved most were our workshops. I loved being live in conversations with these executives. And we're working with high-level executives. And uh, my business partner loved doing the strategy side of the equation. And, of course, my love was coaching. And I see strategy as more consulting and coaching being entirely different. And um, I suppose one of my only regrets is that I knew this by 2010, and I I didn't make the decision until uh, early 2012. And I'd finished coach training school as an ontological coach and then I um, moved and went 100% full-time into coaching and so that move when I went 100% and I knew it I knew it I remember sitting here at my desk in 2011 thinking wow what is it that I could create if I went 100% into coaching 
versus where I'm at today. Uh, because a lot of my revenue at that point and income was from my coaching practice. <laughs> and so uh, 2012, uh, March 2012, it was a really easy decision to go 100% into coaching. And I loved one-on-one coaching. And that that's sitting across from another person or being on the phone and phone coaching with another person was my absolute, and still is to this day, my great love. And uh, so my my practice evolved from there. And I just happened to be on Facebook one day, went out to Coaches That Rock, and noticed Rich Litzkin out there and Steve Chandler, and noticed that they were po- posting these really interesting posts about coaching. And what they were doing was they were showing their work from the Prosperous Coach book that they were in the process of writing. And so every morning after my meditation, I would go out to that Facebook page, look to see what Rich and Steve were posting, and whatever they posted, I would go do it. And it worked. And I went, oh, my God, (laughs) this is awesome. And I would come back, and I would say, hey, I did this, and this is how I did it. I changed this or this. And, and then they would respond back to me. And, of course, then Rich reached out, and he invited me to their very first Prosperous Coach Intensive in May of 2013 in Marina del Rey. And um, so I was in the room with the, their first 35 coaches with Rich and Steve, and it was just incredible. And I knew that was my community. And I knew that the practices of the Prosperous Coach were those practices that I wanted to incorporate into my practice. And and so instead of charging hourly, I wanted to create programs for my clients. And so that's what I do today is I have one-on-one programs, both six-month, one-year programs. I have accelerator programs where my clients fly in to work with me, half-day, one-day, two-day programs. I do a program called Leadership Through the Eyes of the Horse, where it's equine-guided coaching. I do Reinventing Yourself Weekend. I've done the Art of Inner Leadership workshops with Alex. I speak. I've uh, co-authored a book. I'm in the midst of co-authoring another book. Uh, I'm sure I have a book of my own coming out one day. And so I've just continued to reiterate and... Uh, focus in on how can I how can I grow my practice? What what is it that would serve both m- my business and my clients and the world on a greater scale? So, what has what or indeed who? You've probably already answered that, but I, I, I guess I'd like to know in what in what way who or what has influenced your coaching the most? Wow, that's. So the who, the who, the who would be all of my coaches that I've worked with. I've been consistently coached since 2009, uh, and specifically Rich Lifkin and Steve Chandler. And and I've been working, I worked with Steve last year. Um, I'm in my fourth time going through the ACS, and Steve is my coach for 2017, and we're working... I'm working with a small group with Steve and one-on-one with Steve. Absolutely just an amazing, 
amazing experience. I would also say my my two kids have been a big influence in my coaching, Dustin and Alexa, and my life partner, Alex. Huge, huge influence. And um, and and then I think you said the what. Yeah. Who, who or what? Yeah. yeah. So the what has influenced my coaching has really been this drive, this pull within me to make an impact in the world of business and really bringing more love, care, humanity, kindness into the workplace. That is my big, big purpose, my big mission. Beautiful. And I get that. I'm, I'm sitting here nodding because I'm like, yeah, that is just so you. That is just, that's you. <laughs> um, so I want to flip that around because you mentioned um, being consistently coached since 2009. So what kind of client are you then? What kind of client? Oh, goodness. You know, um, I, I do have a bias for action which is great. Now, I have to make sure that it's extremely uh, deliberate, that I have a tendency to, if I'm not 100% in on what I've agreed to, I have a tendency to uh, procrastinate. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, like some of my clients, and so, you know, I watch for that. Um, so I need a coach that is um, really powerful to work with me and call me out and not let me hide. And uh, however, I I can also be one that will be very vulnerable, very open, um, call out you know what has happened, whether I've failed, whether I've succeeded. Um, tell on myself in other words and so I, I think after being coached for all this time that and, and you know paying a lot of money <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm going to say investing a, a lot of money for the coaching that I take it very seriously and yet I we have fun too like we laugh and especially Steve, you know, it's not so serious. I love it. Love, love, love coaching with him um, because there is not a coaching session that he does not absolutely light me up and make me laugh yeah. and and create this, this space where I want to do like what, we, what we've committed to. I'm on it. And so it's, it's been really, really fun. Well, so Steve is just amazing at, at um, reminding us that it's meant to be fun yes yes and I'm definitely at that point in my life where uh, I'm seeing very clearly as a coach that we do not need to be so serious about all of this and I've just written down here as I was going to mention it at the end you know, because it just is well, you've helped me see even more as this beautiful distinction between self-awareness. It's like I'm, I'm really hearing that you very, you're very aware of yourself. You know who you are. 
as opposed to self-obsession. Well, I'd like to think so. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I don't know if that's true or not so, but I'd like to think so. (laughs) So in any given moment, right, that we're all on our own journey and that the more that I can be the observer of uh, who I'm being, the uh, better that I am. I'll tell you a really quick story here. I was on the phone with AppleCare this last week, and it wasn't going well. Like my computer went from working to not working, and for me to then two days later, now my non-working computer needs to go into the store then they tell me, no, come back in a couple of days. So, And it's my business computer. And there came a point in the conversation where I just said, okay, I, here's what's going on for me. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. I'm this, I'm that. I started naming all my emotions. And I said, and so I need to hang up now. Because, you know what, it wasn't the people. It was the processes. It was that they didn't have the capability to be able to help me. They didn't have the um, the leadership. It went. It goes back to leadership, right? That they were not enabled to be able to help me. And but I have to say that for sure my blood pressure was up, and for sure that observer in me was going, "This is not going well. You are not walking your talk here." This is this is not about these people that you're on the phone with, and so um, that's what I'm saying. In any given moment, that I'm human, I go down that ladder sometimes. The voices start chattering away, at, sometimes at night, and I have to say, you know, sorry, I can't be the host for that conversation. Go away. <laughs> so. Um, that would be my answer to what you just said. Yeah. Thank you, Thank you. and... <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. So you've been in this profession um, quite some time. How would you describe it? What do you see perhaps are the blessings of this profession and and anything else? <laughs> ah, the, the blessings of this. I, okay... I consider this profession to be the best, one of the best, if not the best, the greatest profession on the planet. That we as coaches have an enormous ability to make an impact in the world today. Whether we're out speaking, whether we're working with groups, whether we're working with individuals, that um, it's 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 a young profession, only 30 years or so old, and that the more that we can be highly trained as coaches and be making impact with our clients, uh, and I'm talking about both from a financial perspective as well as those you know priceless insights that we're working with them on, the greater the world will be. So it's, I mean, if I take anything seriously, it's that. It's this ability that we have as coaches to make an enormous impact in the world today. And the world today needs it more than ever. 
beautiful. So, is there a flip side? Maybe there isn't. Um, is there any? Do you see any common misperceptions, perhaps, that you could shine some light on? You know, I I think there's because there's a low bar to entry into this profession. Uh, I see a lot of people entering the profession thinking that oh this will be something easy that I can do for you know and look I can work from home um, I can be my you know run my own business and the reality is that uh, it it takes a lot of uh, consciousness and a lot of work and perseverance and uh, growth in order to be successful in this profession so there's a high bar to success. Yeah. Beautiful. I'm wondering, and if you weren't coaching, can you even imagine what might you be doing instead? <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, goodness. You know, Phil, that's hard for me. Yeah. Just be- and the reason being is I've declared this is my home stretch career. I, one of my girlfriends said to me, she's one of my best friends, she said to me, Karen, I never hear you talk about retiring, and it's because a lot of my friends are retiring. Their, their, their retirement is coming up in the next three to five years, and I told her, I said, her name's Allison, I said, Allison, I, I, I think I retired in 2006. I, I, I absolutely love what I do. <laughs> <laughs> and and I can't imagine doing anything else. Yeah. And I intend to be like Steve Chandler of this profession and continuing to serve and continuing to make impact and and continuing to prosper. Hmm. So if you had all of the coach let's just say um people who are uh have started out, they've started coaching people Maybe some of them are charging, some of them are not, but maybe sort of relatively small fees. So coaches perhaps that haven't yet reached that initial nirvana of covering all of their living expenses, um, haven't yet reached that point. If you had all of those in one room, what might you say to them? I would say to them to uh, join a community, uh, get a coach, do whatever you have to do and and find the coach that's that's resonates for you and and step in if you can't afford that coach step in to what it might be like to write a co- write a check to that coach so that you would know when you charge your clients that fee what that might feel like and so lean in, lean in, take risks. There's always a way. And there's always a way. Find mentors. Be, but be in community with people. Yeah, beautiful. I know when I, when I initially left my, I, 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 I did the whole jump off a cliff thing, actually. I left my corporate job 15th of April 2011. And um, it took me a while to get 
going at all in as yeah. far as building a coaching business and um yeah it did all change at that very first in, intensive that I, that I attended where i met you september 2013 um, yeah. and that was the first community that i was coaching community that i was ever a part of and it's it's it is so important it's so important it is yeah it, it's so important yeah Th- this time inside of the acs uh it was really cool because, you know, we do peer coaching inside of ACS, and all the newer coaches were coming up to me, and and that was my intention, was I would love to peer coach with these new coaches that just joined, because that's me giving back. Mm-hmm. That's me helping them make a greater impact in the world, and... And I'm big on that. I'm, I'm speaking next month to the International Coaching Federation. This will be my third time here in Colorado. And uh, I'm, I'm big on being able to serve and help other coaches be out in the world. And I think that's something that's really cool and unique about our profession. It's exactly what you're doing in the coaching life, is helping other coaches learn how to be more effective be better make a greater impact yeah beautiful i love that thank you i love that i love what you're up to (laughs) thank you so really i think you i I, it feels like you have already answered this many times over but i'll give you an opportunity to really summarize for you coaching for for what purpose Mm, okay um making impact Bring and this is the this is the sentence, Phil. Bringing more love, humanity, care, kindness into the workplace. So working with entrepreneurs, working with executives inside of corporate, working with business coaches on making impact. That specific impact. The workplace today is a really can be a really rough, rough cultural experience and there's a lot of stress that's going on there very much like what I was experiencing and I'm again I want to be really clear the stress is being created inside of us not not necessarily the workplace but as we're working with people and they begin to understand that and they bring all of this into the workplace this this coming from love it'll begin to trickle down to families it'll begin to trickle down to the planet yeah beautiful <laughs> you know i love that so much that's wonderful and and i've got to say karen you absolutely do walk it it's like that when you walk in in a room so thank you wow. thank you um so just finally how can people find out more about you and, and make contact with you i i love being on the phone uh so my office number 303 Six six five They can also reach me at my email, karen at karendaviscoaching.com. They can go out to my website, which is karendaviscoaching.com. Um, they can go out to reinventingyourselfweekend.com. We have that up. You can sign up, yeah. come out, see us in Colorado, September the 15th through the 17th of 2017. 
Thank you. Yeah. I thoroughly recommend that for sure. Thank you yeah. so much. I knew it would be wonderful. I was looking forward to it. Um, you've helped me now create another wonderful memory um, of this time oh. with you. Um, thank you very much. Thank you very oh. much, Pam. Thank you. Thank you so much, Val. Wow. Isn't Karen just absolutely wonderful? You know, I hope rather than listening to these podcasts for tips and tricks and techniques, you listen to really get a sense of who my guests are. And you can really get a sense of who Karen is by listening to this. That powerful presence of love that's something i i learned by experiencing her coaching firsthand the power of um, us being a committed presence of love for our clients and karen really walks her talk both in her coaching and in all aspects of her life she is that powerful loving presence you feel that when she's in the room with you and i loved her purpose behind her coaching bringing more love, humanity, care and kindness into the workplace and working with entrepreneurs and working with executives inside of corporates, working with business coaches on making impact. She said that specific impact. It's just beautiful to hear how in touch she is with that purpose. I want to thank you for listening to this second episode of The Coaching Life. I am love doing these. I hope you're enjoying them too. And if you are, it would help other coaches find this podcast if you would pop over onto iTunes and leave an honest review. Got some wonderful, wonderful guests lined up. Really excited about that. Thank you once again for listening. Thank you for listening to The Coaching Life. Take care. Have fun. <laughs>